Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're joining us today. Welcome back to DDP Podcasts. It's a new year, compliments to the new year. We hope that you have come through to this year and it has been a good one for you so far. If you've started it off a bit of a wrong foot, I hope that uh, things turn for the better and whatever New Year's resolutions you have and visions you have come true for this year. Uh, joining me for our first podcast of this year is Dr. K, Executive Director of the Democracy Development Programme. And our topic today is looking at what it means to be deepening democracy in 2023. Um, a big part of it is the DDP's theme for the year. We're just going to explore what the vision is behind it, the objective behind it, and the overall placement of it um, in 2023 today. Um, so Dr. K, hi, how are you? I'm so glad to have you here today. Yes, good morning, Yang, and, and uh, thank you so much for organizing this opportunity to be uh, engaging on this important aspect of our work. As you correctly said, we are very excited to be here at this point in time, to be celebrating 30 years of our organization's work in South Africa, depending democracy, working with uh, political parties, civil society organizations, communities, government agencies and departments, and even uh, uh, com uh, embassies that have supported the work of, of the organization over the years to continue the work of engaging with each other in building a society that where the rule of law is upheld, good governance is promoted, and we appreciate the contribution of each and every individual citizen in making this country of ours a livable country where the aspirations of our constitution are realized, human rights culture is deepened and promoted, and that everyone knows they have a role to play in making this country what it should be. And so in a nutshell, that's what we are celebrating this year, uh, reflecting on the work that we've done in the past 30 years, celebrating those partners that we have been working with over the years and those we still continue to work with them today in continuation of the same vision, uh, which is really uh, raising um, our voices together as a collective, as a nation, uh, in terms of uh, promoting democracy uh, in, in appreciating also that um, civil society is an active role player uh, in ensuring that the aspirations of our constitution are upheld continuously, that we are able to hold those who are in leadership to account for their decisions and for their actions, whilst at the same time strengthening our robust, robustness, uh, both as a civil society, but also as individual uh, citizens in the places where we are at. We believe as an organization that we we have a serious role to play and it's even becoming more serious, especially in our present context, because the changes we have seen, political changes especially, that we've seen over the years since the dawn of democracy necessitates that the civil society remains very vigilant and very active in ensuring that the civic space is not shrunk. At the same time, also that we hold these leaders that we've elected into positions of power to account, but at the same time also we hold ourselves responsible and to account for ourselves and our contribution in the state of affairs that we see in our nation. And so that is really the gist of our celebration this year, and we are very excited to partner with uh, the past, the present, and those who are going to join us in this journey 
uh, of ensuring that South Africa remains a beacon of hope and light, despite the challenges that we are confronting. Um, perfect. Thank you, Dr. K. I think um, just to clarify for our listeners, um, uh, DDP's theme for 2023 is celebrating 30 years of deepening democracy in South Africa. And Dr. K, I just want to unpack a little bit for our listeners and our viewers over there on YouTube. Um, let's talk about South Africa's democratic journey. Um, the other day I was speaking to one of my colleagues and um, he was just expressing how, you know, when he was a student back in the 90s, um, there was this sense of optimism in the way that people wrote, in the way that people articulated themselves around democracy in South Africa. It was this dawn of a new era, this dawn of just positivity. You said democracy and it invoked a positive emotion to people. We fast forward to 2023 and almost the reactions towards it in South Africa, it's... Mm, you know, there's there's no words for it. It's not necessarily an apathy that people have, but it's a frustration. We're in this moment of frustration uh, uh, with the system. And uh, I just want you to maybe unpack South Africa's uh, democratic journey. Not to say that in 2023, there aren't people who are optimistic. I think our entire organization stands for an optimism towards democracy. But for maybe those that are just like, man, uh, the hope that I had back then, it's dwindling today. Thank you so much, Yanga. This is, that's a very powerful question, of course, that is lingering in most people's minds around the, the same concept of democracy and then its practice in real day life. And as we, as we, as we began, we, we declare that um, uh, we recognize as an organization that the context in which we operated when the organization was established 30 years ago and this vision started rolling out, that context has shifted so many times. Partly it's because of the reason we see now the level of, uh, you know, disillusionment uh, among greater public in the country, uh, as far as when, you know, um, that concept is brought up or spoken about, uh, because democracy must be lived to be experienced. You know, it cannot, it cannot be just an abstract concept out there. And so for, for many of our citizens around the country, at the dawn of democracy, uh, when we South Africa received our independence, it was a, a moment of realization that there is a pathway that first of all equalizes everyone. Yeah. And there's also another pathway that allows every citizen to be accepted for who they are, irrespective of their gender, religion, color, all those things that have kept had kept the nation divided prior to independence, and therefore the dawn of democracy, at that point, it was a realization that there be no more divides, so to speak, that everyone belongs here, irrespective of their socioeconomic backgrounds, irrespective of their political affiliations and persuasions, irrespective of the, you know, uh, the agenda and the like. However, we've seen that context changing because at one point for the first phase, if you are to think in phases, the first phase, the first 10 to 15 years of the democracy was about rebuilding the nation after so many decades of apartheid. Uh, and so there was a lot of um, contextual work that had to be done, rebuilding the society, uh, allowing people to experience the freedoms that they were denied, 
creating uh, legal frameworks that will facilitate the enjoyment of those freedoms. And of course, you know, uh, working very hard to, to ensure access to economic opportunities. Then we fast track after 15 years to about another 10 years, uh, we've seen that um, the whilst there's some level of freedoms have been enjoyed and continue to be enjoyed, what really hasn't happened is equalization in terms of economic access. You know, and so there's a significant uh, population size that is not able to access those opportunities, either because they are still not economically empowered by either through education or through training or uh, or through their political affiliation. But we've also seen that um, the context has also morphed as our politics change due to many internal and external factors, and therefore. Partly, the contribution of our politics has also created a sense that access to opportunities has to be limited to proximity to political networks. And of course, that disenfranchises a lot of citizens who do not even have ability to come closer to such political networks where there can be a real possibility, a real chance of accessing opportunities. That has created a lot of disillusionment as far as this concept of democracy is concerned to your ordinary citizen in both urban and rural areas, including peri-urban areas, of course, because now the, the, the current generation, especially that that was born after the independence, do not know so much of the struggle that was there prior to independence. They can only hear that in stories from you know loved ones and other people reading the books. But now they are struggling with new different kind of challenges that requires a lot of um, understanding from themselves in terms of political education. And then we bring in the concept of active citizenship. Then what does this mean? And so they get confused because the democracy they've had from their parents and loved ones as they grew up was that now we are free. We can go where we want. We can study wherever we want. We can enjoy institutions wherever we want. Now that was a story until they got where they are now, that they have qualified from, uh, you know, from the secondary uh, career, uh, schooling career. Now they are about to, you know, move on to tertiary, but there is no opportunity to move into tertiary because they don't have enough resources. And the reason why they don't have resources is because they their parents have not had an opportunity to work in a place where they can be able to get their access to those resources. And where they have received resources, they're in form of loans. And so, the debt burden, and even at the household level, is already squashing that possibility of democracy that allows me to access education at a higher level. And so the disillusionment is coming from those kind of faces now because the current generation, younger generation that is born after 1994, is struggling to understand what does this democracy really mean? And, and, and how, so far, what they have been exposed to, it's actually it's a concept they don't like because it has actually created divides. It is making them not to access opportunities they want. It's actually uh, not facilitated their access to labor market. There are some of them are educated, graduated from institutions of higher learning or completed you know, their FET colleges, but they do not have opportunities to work. So when we come in to tell them about democracy, then they're questioning, if this is what you mean by democracy, I don't want it. And maybe they are justified because the knowledge and the experiences they have gained over the last few years, a decade and a half or so, is not is not aligning with their aspirations. And so our work as an organization 
is to continue to promote the, the ideology that democracy can only be experienced and lived out. And so we continue to mobilize civil society and citizens through our citizen political education to inform them of what really democracy means and how it can be experienced so that we can now start raising questions that are relevant to reflect the values that we want to embrace as a nation. And then these values, they will create new norms of our living. And that, that is why we constantly promoting the idea of the rule of law, for example, that whatever aspirations we have, we must have a parameter to with, within which we operate. And so we address those issues that do threaten the rule of law. We also talk about good governance and we connect that good governance promotion with the idea of uh, you know, accessing basic services that the government should be providing. And therefore, when that is not being done by the authorities, be they <clears throat> at the national level or provincial or local government level, it's our duty as, as citizens and collective civil society to hold those people into account uh, who are in leadership, who are responsible to ensure that we are getting basic services. Now, how does the democracy link to that? Because as a citizen, we are very, very passionate about the power we hold. And we are able to do things that it is impossible not to be done if we do not do what we should <clears throat> to experience a possibility that we aspire. Therefore, our heart's desire is that despite the disillusionment that we see, we promoting to say that we cannot afford to give up. Democracy has to be contended for. Otherwise, it will be replaced by something else that we will not want uh, <clears throat> to experience or live in. We have seen a whole range of cases around the world where the very basics of democracy have been threatened and where the society has been complacent, those societies have become autocratic and also morphing into other, you know, perhaps we're still going to find new names for whatever they are morphing into. <clears throat> Ultimately, denying people the freedoms that they have been enjoying for a while because of complacency. So we, we, we say, despite the challenges we see, <clears throat> democracy is still alive. It is still alive because it does not rest on leaders. Democracy sits and rests on society. That's why we constantly also promote the idea of people participating, citizens participating in voting. Again, we say the power is in your hands as a citizen. If you abdicate that responsibility, then you are also contributing to the decay that our society is experiencing. So the, to sum it all up, Deepening democracy is an ongoing project that does not stop at any one point in time. Society is dynamic, so are our politics. What is constant, as we've always heard before, is change. So as citizens, we are aligning with the context of our time. The context of our time now demands a lot of active vigilance. That's what this primary context is now demanding from all of us irrespective of where we find ourselves. If we are not going to do that, we're going to be contributing to the decay and the dishappiness that we are going, we are currently seeing. And the only persons who can change that is we citizens. Um, I think Dr. K, what you just said now is 
very powerful. There's a lot of information in there that I, I really want just to unpack. But I want to focus a bit more on the new context that we find ourselves in. And this new context that has got a mix of generations, um, a generation that has lived through a life where freedoms have been taken away from you, and yet is living in a life where those freedoms are actually given to you, but they still want more, justifiably so, right? And then there's the generation that hasn't lived in a life where fundamental freedoms have been taken away from them by virtue of their skin color. Um, freedoms that perhaps I could argue um, a lot of people in this particular generation take for granted um, freedoms that have to do with the boundaries in which you travel within your own country, the fact that you can speak out against your president um, freely without anybody storming in your door and taking you into capture. Um, small freedoms that a lot of people take um, for an advantage without realizing that you are enjoying these freedoms because of this democratic ideology. And this generation's frustrations, however, are almost not necessarily geared to, if I may argue, to the system of democracy itself, but they are geared to the fundamental failures that a state has done in terms of fulfilling its mandate. Um, and then the big issue that comes in there is the issue of accountability. But because people only think, unfortunately, that the only way you hold a state accountable is by kicking out the government that is running that particular state at that particular time through the periodic elections, people forget that the bigger picture of democracy is that when you have a government that screws up, you have the means to hold them accountable. And I think there's a lacking in civic education specifically on life after elections, life before elections, because those are the lived experiences of democracy that you're talking about, right? Not people sitting and waiting for the next cycle of elections to be like, oh, yeah, this one doesn't work for me. Let me keep them. Not to say that elections aren't important, but elections also happen in countries that don't have democracies. So if anything, I'd argue that elections are actually not even that um, important when it comes to a democracy. It's what happens in between that. And this is where I kind of want to bring in civil society, right? Um, we know the basics of politics that society is divided up into three. There's the market, there's the state, and there's civil society. And oftentimes the problems that people have are related to the market, are related to the state, but rarely do people realize that that agency comes from the space of civil society. If a country has a weak civil society, the power is then distributed unfairly to the state, unfairly to the market, and people feel like they don't have a voice. Similarly to when if civil society has all the power, there can be a bit of an issue because then you have civil society taking care of mandates that are supposed to be fulfilled by the state, which is an issue in a lot of countries that have got human rights um, matters, right? But 
the ideal is supposed to be that the power is distributed evenly amongst the three. And the big proponent that civil society plays is to have that lived experience in a democracy, is to provide that agency to people after the elections, going into the elections and before the elections. And now I just want to bring DDP into that space. Um, in terms of this 30-year engagement that we've had, what has been the impact our organization had in terms of fulfilling and upholding the tenets of what it means to be part of civil society? Great. Um, in terms of the impact of the work that DDP has had, especially with relation to civil society, there are several of them, but I would just pick up four or five that are very notable. One of them is their continuation of creating spaces for uh, strengthening robustness in terms of advocacy work. This has been at the center of our messaging and our practice as an organization to ensure that civil society remains uh, awake to this call. It's really a call because without the vigilance that I've been speaking previously about, the civil society will be so weakened to the extent that it cannot be able to influence the discussions and the and 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 the policy formulation processes at the state and the and the and, and the private sector level. We have to have a coordinated uh, and very much connected civil society at different levels of societal existence. That is at the level of 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 community, at the level of regions, and the, at the national level. And DDP has partners across all these levels wherever we find ourselves because we believe in a collective voice and we believe in a shared vision that is also uh, you know, principled by the values and the norms that we want to create as a collective civil society. So that's the first part of our impact. We have continuously generated networks of civil society, helped and be part of, we don't have necessarily to be the face of these uh, you know, um, levels of, of, of coordination. There are some that we are the face as, a, as the organization, but we also, in many others, a contributor or a supporter of a collective national or provincial network or civil society organizations that are really advocating for better life, for good governance, for promotion of the rule of law, but also for strengthening uh, civil society participation in political life of the country. Secondly, we celebrate the idea that through our citizen political education, we continually seeing many of our constituents in different communities and other spaces, ordinary citizens gaining confidence to stand up and articulate their views without having fear or self-doubt. They have this level of confidence because it's informed by education. That is where our civic education comes in because we believe an informed citizen is a courageous citizen. One is able to articulate their aspirations without fear because they know what they are saying. The opposite is true. If you have a person or an individual who is just passionate about active participation in political life, but do not have information, they're not able to articulate the aspirations that are really supported by the wider public because whatever these individuals may be speaking are really contrary to what people think should be uh, should governize support. So we constantly educate 
uh, our citizens through our various activities and programming to ensure that they are informed to stand up wherever they find themselves in. A, that they are able to notice malfeasance, malfeasance wherever they see it. B, that they are able also to provide solutions and be part of the solutions or not, not just troubleshooting. And thirdly, that they are willing to be accountable. Don't just stand up and say something without committing to what you should do as an individual citizen, as a civil society organization, as an agency of government, whoever the person may be. We ensure that whilst we are very, very passionate in holding our leaders accountable, we must also hold ourselves accountable. Whatever we say publicly, we must also be willing to be held accountable for what we stand for. And that's very important as part of our democracy education because it's not just a platform for shouting. It's a platform for accountability. It's a platform for providing solutions and working with those who are willing to work with you in making those solutions realizable. Thirdly, our work has been in our elections and democracy education, where we constantly work throughout the electoral cycle, pre-elections, during elections, and post-elections. As you correctly intimated, it's very important that we do not see elections as an event. And so we wait until when we are going to vote again. That's when we are showing up. It's a what we do in between one election and the other that really counts when the election time comes in so that we are able to also make informed decisions at the ballot box so that we are also knowing what we are voting for and what we are voting against. You know, all those decisions have to be made before the election time. And that is not what, uh, you know, most people understand about elections. I get these kind of questions. Why are you continuing to talk about elections and the elections is five years to come? Because it's what you do with this time between an election that affects what you do at the ballot box when the election time comes in. So our impact in that area of our work is that we have continuously engaged uh, our citizens, our communities, and everyone who participates in that process, including the part, our partnership with the Independent Electoral Commission, in ensuring that our citizens remain informed continuously to make better decisions at the ballot box. And they don't get confused when political campaigning seasons come because they're going to get to hear all kinds of things that they might be enticed with gifts. But if they know why they're doing what they're doing as responsible agencies of democracy, then they're able to make decisions that are helpful. The fourth area of our work, of course, is working with political parties uh, themselves, strengthening their engagement with civil society and with citizens, and helping and working together in shaping how political messaging can contribute to strengthening democracy and not tearing it apart. And fifth part, and lastly but not least, of course, is working with the different constituencies of marginal populations, that is women, youth, and migrants to continually engage everyone involved in that space in their work with us in deepening this democracy, their role in it, and of course, elevating their voices so that they can be heard because as, as vulnerable populations, they are often uh, relegated to the periphery when it comes to decision-making, to policy-making processes and all the like. And so we work with this constituency to make sure that they they are recognized that they are available, they are present, but they also voice their voices do matter and they need to be listened to. Before I let you go, Dr. K, um, one of the most exciting questions to ask at this point, especially after a person has just articulated their vision, their work, is what can we expect this year 
from uh, DDP. 30 years is a it's a big celebration. I think some people's uh, marriages don't even last that long. So uh, it's 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 great. And I'm so happy that we're part of this journey. But but what what can people expect uh, for this year? Great. We have lined up uh, a series of very big events. Firstly, we are offering uh, six uh, conferences that do articulate our business in the different programming areas. And therefore, pathway one way of we're going to be celebrating is we're celebrating uh, our 30 years through these activities, honoring individuals, organizations, and partners that have worked with us for the 30 years in promoting that specific area of work. And secondly, we are also convening different dialogues and communities since we cannot be able to convene everyone in a central place. So we are also having these celebratory dialogues in different communities throughout the greater Durban Metro and in KZN in particular. And we have two or three uh, national uh, engagements, uh, one be happening this month and there are two others following up in the latter part of the year, where we're also engaging the national partners in one of these uh, conversations that really look into uh, the way we've traveled together with them as partners in deepening democracy. Uh, so we would like to encourage everyone to follow us on our social media platforms to be able to see where we are at at the different space, engage with the content that we're putting out there. We are also collecting different stories of change at the moment with all these partners that we've worked with. So there'll be a lot of sharing of snippets of, of, of individual experiences from our partners, uh, what they have experienced, what they have learned working with us and where they foresee us going together as a collective, because DDP is just um, a convener of these gatherings, but we are pointing to a greater vision. What we are really interested in collectively is that through our work, we are able to create a society where the, 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 the values of democracy are espoused, embraced and celebrated continuously, and seeing individual citizens and their communities living, create, co-creating, uh, communities filled with hope and possibilities. And we believe if all of us can be able to do our bit, wherever we are found, we are going to create a society as South Africa that people are feeling hopeful about and we are able to go past the challenges that we constantly see because it does not mean the challenges will stop. The challenges will always be there. But when we are alive to our role and responsibilities as citizens and as civil society sector, we can co-create a society filled with hope and possibilities. That's our dream. Right, everybody, you heard it all right here that this is a big and busy year for the Democracy Development Program, but you can also be a part of it. If you're not in the Durban region and you can't join our events in person, no worries. Almost 99% of our events are available online. You can catch them live on Zoom or live on YouTube. But as Dr. K mentioned, kindly um, follow us on our social media pages, which all of its links are attached to the podcast details below. But follow us on our social media pages to know exactly the dates um, of when we're having these events. And you can, you yourself can also participate. And if you are in the Durban region, please come through. Everyone is welcome. Um, come participate. Come share your voice. Um, this is what DDP is all about. We will never turn you down unless 
um, you're not qualified necessarily to come to the event, but that's not often. That, that only has to do with fundraising things. Um, but most of our events, um, everybody and anybody is welcome to come and share their their, their perspectives. Um, Dr. K, thank you so much for this conversation. I truly do uh, appreciate it. And um, to everybody that is listening at home, thank you very much for joining in. To everybody watching on YouTube, thank you so much for making it to the end of the video. Exciting times ahead for DDP season two. Um, many, many incredible guests are planned for us to have conversation with covering all topics. Um, some of them are going to go into a bit more of the hard things that maybe we might be shying away from, from issues that have to do with the electricity crisis, um, the road to the 2024 elections, to even uh, what it means for you as a citizen and the future of coalition governments um, in South Africa. A lot of hard questions that we're going to be tackling in this season. Stay tuned and I cannot wait to see you all and to speak to you all again in the next episode. Thank you.